Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you this morning, whether you're here in person or online watching us from the live stream. It's so good to be together this morning. Uh, so for the last few weeks, we've been talking about love, right? A fitting topic for the month of February. Uh, two weeks ago, our associate minister, Scott, did a great job of talking about the importance of loving God and how loving him most helps us to love others the way that we should. We should pursue him with the same tenacity that he pursues us. Last week, one of our members, a good buddy of mine, Chris Stevenson, gave a great message about loving people, right? In it, he said that in the church, loving people is best exemplified in the community that we create with one another. My wife Dawn and I are so thankful for the loving community that we have here at Vera Christian Church. And I want to reiterate this morning that if you are looking for a place to connect, if you're looking for community, a place to love and be loved, then I would encourage you to sign up for one of our small groups here at Vero Christian Church, or maybe sign up to serve on one of our ministry teams here, or do something really wild and crazy and do both, right? It's really wild and crazy. The people that I'm closest with here at church are, are the people that I serve alongside and the people that I'm in small group with, and so I absolutely want the same for you. So please consider that this morning. Another thing that Chris said that resonated with a lot of us was it's better to eat bacon with friends than broccoli alone, right? Can I get an amen? All right, amen. That's something I can grab a hold of, right? You know, in church, get, being told to eat bacon. We're going to talk a little bit about food this morning. I hope you ate your breakfast. Uh, we're going to close out the series by looking at the third piece of our vision, serve others. We're going to do that by looking at one of the most popular miracles of Jesus, a miracle that's unique in the fact that outside of the resurrection, it's the only miracle recorded in all four of the Gospels, a miracle that involves food, not bacon and broccoli, but fish and loaves. This morning, we're going to be looking at the feeding of the 5,000, and we're going to talk a little bit about Legos too, so I hope you're ready for that. Let's pray. Father, we worship you this morning. We praise you for who you are. Lord, like Kent prayed, we, we, we love connection. We want to connect with you. We want to connect with others. So Father, this morning as we dive into your word, Lord, help us to connect with this idea of serving others and that it is very much your heart, that as we serve others, we are serving you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the feeding of the 5,000, as I stated earlier, is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Each of the accounts gives us a little bit different of a perspective, um, and also there are some little nuances that you might miss if you just focus on one of the accounts. And so this morning, we're going to look at all four of them together. Let's start in Matthew chapter 14. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. It's important for us to understand what's the context of what's going on here. What happened that caused Jesus to want to get away for a little while? What happened? Right before this in the chapter, Matthew records the death of John the Baptist. John, not only a relative of Jesus, but the one who baptized him, the one who served the kingdom of God by preparing the way of the Lord, the one who cried out, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
has been tragically killed. His head removed on the whim of a bratty princess. The worst birthday gift of all time. Jesus gets word of what's happened and it wrecks him with pain and grief. He gets on a boat and literally just wants to get away for a little while. Have you ever been in that place where you just wanted to get away for a little while? I think we've all been in that place before. Maybe you're worn out. Maybe you're exhausted. Maybe you're dealing with some personal grief. Maybe you're a young parent or a pet owner that just literally wants to use the restroom in peace, right? You've all seen the meme. Oh my goodness. We all have times when serving others seems to be the last thing on our mind, right? Jesus wants to be alone with the Father to grieve the loss of John, and here comes the crowd. You can almost hear the womp, womp. Notice how Jesus responds. He's giving us a snapshot of the heart of God. Jesus doesn't yell at them. He doesn't uh, even politely ask for a break. He has compassion on them. And he serves them. I love how Mark puts it in chapter 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed and he saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. You see, Jesus didn't see the crowd as a problem to avoid or an inconvenience. He saw them as people he loved. And he saw them and he showed them that love by serving them, by healing their sick, by teaching them truth. And as we're about to see, feed their hunger. Jesus didn't do any of this out of obligation. He wasn't forced to stay there. It was his love that kept him there. You see, serving others like Jesus means that we are compassionately motivated, not contractually obligated. I'll say that again. Serving others like Jesus means that we are compassionately motivated, not contractually obligated. As we serve others, whether that's here in the church or out in the community or in our neighbors, our friends, our family, we come from a place of love, not a place of obligation. Growing up in the school system, I could always tell what teachers loved their students and loved teaching and which ones were there just to get a paycheck, right? I'm sure you probably experienced some of the same. The same is true in the life of a Christian. Are we serving others to earn some brownie points with God or to check off a spiritual checkbox? Or do we genuinely love people and want to share the love of God with them? Serve others isn't about obligation. It's about identity. It's about who we are. Being a disciple of Jesus means being a servant. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The way of Jesus is service. Serving others is not something we do. Serve others is who we are. We are following Jesus when we compassionately see others. And we see their needs with compassion and not frustration. Luke chapter 9 says, Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside. 
and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. It's so funny that they felt like they had to share that with Jesus. Hey, just so you know, we're in a remote place here. Um, Jesus is healing, he's teaching, he's really getting into it, and it almost seems like he loses track of time a little bit. It's getting late in the afternoon, he's been going for a while, and the crowd is getting hungry. Imagine you're one of the disciples, and you're hungry. Maybe you're even getting a little hangry, right, at this point. There's a little bit of like, come on, let's, let's wrap this up and get going, because the restaurants are going to be all full, right? But you've got this crowd, speaking of full, You've got this crowd, and that presents a huge problem. And so you get elected to be the one to interrupt Jesus, you know, and tell him that the crowd is hungry and that he needs to, you know, wrap things up and send them away to get some food. Notice here that the disciples' solution was to send the problem away. They almost missed out on a miracle. Their solution was to send the problem away. It's somewhat human nature to when we see a need or when we see a problem or when we hear about a serving opportunity to think that somebody else will take care of it, right? Somebody else is more qualified. Somebody else has got more time. But when we embrace that mindset, we run the risk of missing out on a move of God. Remember, serve others is not something we do. Serve others is who we are. The disciples' response to the problem was probably identical to what we would have recommended, right? Close up this meeting, wrap it up, Jesus, and let's send them on their way to go to Applebee's, you know? But what was Jesus' response? Luke chapter 9, 13 records it this way. It says one of the most interesting words from Jesus. He looks at them and he says, you give them something to eat, right? Uh, Excuse me, Jesus, um... We're 12 disciples, not five guys, right? This is a huge crowd. You want us to feed them? We've dropped everything to follow you, Jesus. How in the world do you expect us to feed this crowd, right? There are 5,000 men in this crowd alone. It's tough enough to feed a couple of guys, right? With women and children, you're talking anywhere from 15 to 25,000 people in this crowd. That's a small football stadium full of people. I did some research the other day, and the Citrus Bowl at Vera Beach High School holds 7,000 people. So imagine that packed out on a Friday night times three, and that's how many people Jesus has asked these guys to feed. Have you ever felt like Jesus is asking too much? Have you ever felt like that? So what's the solution here? This is where we're going to have to look at John, John chapter 6, for a little bit different of a perspective. John 6, 5 says, when Jesus looked up and saw the great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? Where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? It's important for us to know that as we serve others, that Jesus doesn't see you problems, he sees we problems. Jesus doesn't see you problems, he sees we problems. Jesus cares deeply about the needs of others. And when we serve others, when we serve, we are literally joining with Jesus in a joint effort to meet those needs, to show his love in a tangible, real way. Those needs include things like physical needs, food, shelter, rides to the store, childcare, spiritual needs like sharing scripture with somebody or praying for someone, accountability, Relational needs like friendship, like loyalty, like being there for somebody, being a shoulder to cry on. 
These are all needs that we can join Jesus in meeting for others. The disciples here are literally getting a crash course on the heart of God. They're about to experience Jesus move in an incredible, powerful way to meet the needs of this crowd. If you want to experience God moving, then commit to joining him in serving others. Let's keep reading in Luke chapter 9. It says, They answered, We only have five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. Some people say there's two miracles that happened here. They fed the crowd and they got the crowd organized, right? That's, can you imagine 20,000 people? Okay, you guys get into groups of 50, you guys get into groups of 50. That's a small miracle in and of itself. Uh, so the disciples, they scramble to go get some food. We see in, in John that Andrew finds a boy uh, with a happy meal, right? It's a kid pack, two fish and five loaves. Uh, this literally is a small, simple meal. This isn't even enough to feed Jesus and the disciples, right? Much less this huge crowd. But the boy gives it generously. Or maybe they strong-armed him for it. We don't really know, but, you know, um, we like to think that the boy gave it generously. Uh, they're probably thinking, surely Jesus is going to dismiss this crowd, right? We're going to show them, hey, all we got is a couple of salmon and some barley loaves, so can't do it, right? You're going to have to send this crowd home. It only makes sense. Can you imagine trying to feed 20,000 people with a two-piece meal and some extra rolls? Not a chance, right? When presented with an opportunity to serve others, much like the disciples, we can get fixated on how little we have, right? Or maybe on what we don't have. Maybe we think we're too busy. I just, I don't have enough time uh, to help out. Maybe we think, uh, I don't have what it takes. Somebody else is way more qualified than me to help out here. We often focus on what we don't have or how little we have when Jesus is asking us, what do we have? Jesus doesn't ask you for what you don't have. What do you have? When we take what we have and we give it to him, we put it in his hands, he transforms it. So what do you have? Maybe you've got some time. We all have the same amount of time in the day, right? Maybe some talent. Some of us are gifted in certain ways differently than others. Maybe it's some treasure or some resource. Take whatever you have and give it to Jesus and serve others with it. These guys had two fish and five loaves of bread. The truth was they didn't have enough. That wasn't even enough to feed them, much less a crowd of 20,000 people. But God's math is a little different than ours. You see, because not enough plus Jesus equals way more than enough. When we tell ourselves that we don't have what it takes, we're actually right. But not enough plus Jesus equals more than enough. Jesus that day took some fish and chips and he fed a small stadium full of people. What could he do with the things that we have as we serve others? Not enough plus Jesus equals more than enough. Speaking of more than enough, Mark 6 says this, they all ate and were satisfied 
And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. Jesus that day took two fish and five loaves and made it enough to feed the whole crowd. This wasn't a snack. It wasn't a light meal. It says they were satisfied, right? This was a full course meal. They ate their fill. Each disciple even got a basket of leftovers, right? Twelve baskets of leftovers at the end. One doggy bag for each disciple. The disciples got to see and experience an amazing move of God and a miracle of Jesus because they faithfully followed the instructions of their master. And they served the crowd. Several years ago, Don and I took the kids on a trip to Orlando. We love to go to Orlando and have some fun. And while we were there, we decided to go by Disney Springs for the afternoon, you know, because who doesn't like to walk around and spend money? So one of the stores at Disney Springs that we love is the Lego store. Legos. The Wilkerson's, we love us some Legos. Uh, It's an amazing toy. Uh, It's creative. You build really cool stuff with it, and uh, it's branded. So, uh, you know, Mike and I have Batman Legos, and Lily's got Frozen Legos, and uh, they're just really fun. It's a blast. Um, They're also a great home security system, if you didn't know that. Have you ever stepped on a Lego barefoot in the middle of the night? Um, It's right up there with childbirth pain. Um, Or so I've been told. Um, So we're at the Lego store, and uh, inside there are some tables at the Lego store, and people are gathered all around, and there's some hubbub, you know, and excitement going on at the Lego store. And so obviously we're like, okay, let's check this out. What's going on? Something special is going down at the Lego store. And uh, what they had done is they had brought in some master builders, And these master builders were, with the help of the public, putting together this incredible creation. Uh, We get to the table and we grab some bricks and there's these little real simple diagrams. And so you're putting the bricks together and about halfway through you realize, okay, this isn't really as fun as I thought it was going to be, but hey, we're together as a family, we're having fun, we're contributing to something. And uh, it it was a good time. So as we're putting together our, our bricks and our diagram, we, we finish up and we put it in the hands of the master builder. And then they take it outside, they hand us their certificate, and they start working on a massive Lego Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. We had gotten to be a part of contributing to this incredible masterpiece of Lego creation, right? Beautiful Lego creations, just like that Millennium Falcon, come from some of the most simple things, right? A Lego brick is one of the most simple things on the planet. A simple thing like fish and loaves. A simple thing like offering somebody a ride. Simple things like helping somebody that's financially struggling. Simple things like mowing the yard of your elderly neighbor. Simple things like befriending somebody that's hurting. Simple things like cooking a meal for your neighbor down the street that just had a baby. Simple things can make beautiful creations in the hands of a master builder. You never know what beautiful things Jesus, our master builder, can do and make with the simple things as we serve others. So when you think about serving others, I want you to remember Lego, L-E-G-O, L. Look at people with compassion. How we see people is a choice that we make. Are we gonna look at them as problems? Are we gonna look at them as inconveniences? Or are we going to see them with the eyes of Jesus? Look at them with compassion the way that he did and does. E, employ what you've got. Employ what you've got. 
Take what you have. Don't focus on what you don't have. What do you have? And put it to work to serve others, to serve God. G, give it to Jesus. Put it in the hands of a master builder. Give it to him and say, God, everything I have is yours. I want to return everything back to you and give it to you and say, I want to use this to serve others. And O, obey even when it doesn't make sense. Obey even when it doesn't make sense. There were so many times in that day where the disciples were called on to do something that didn't make sense, right? Jesus, how in the world are you going to feed 20,000 people with two fish and five loaves? But they did it. They obeyed. They did what they were told to do. They served, and Jesus performed a miracle. So let's obey when it doesn't make sense. If you're looking for a place to plug in and tangibly serve others here at Vero Christian Church, we've got a ton of options available for you, um, and I'd love to talk with you about any of those. So if you're sparked and you say, hey, man, I want to plug in and serve somewhere, come and talk with me. I'd love to, to get you connected any way that I can. There's also a new exciting opportunity coming up here in the next month, and uh, would love for you to check out this video about an exciting upcoming ministry where we're going to be partnering with CareNet for something called Embrace Grace. Hi, I'm Bonnie with CareNet Pregnancy Center, and this is Don and Sarah. We are so excited to share with you a way to serve people in our community. In every season of life, even in unplanned pregnancies, everyone is worthy of love. CareNet Pregnancy Center gets to connect these women in unplanned pregnancies to churches that are taking a pro-life and pro-love stance. The church can play a powerful role in saving both mom and baby while supporting her through her pregnancy. Embrace Grace is a 12-week Bible study. Their mission is to inspire and equip the church to love on single and pregnant women and their families. These girls and women need a church to go to for spiritual, mental, and physical support. This program helps women know they are not alone. It is very difficult to navigate single motherhood and the church is called to serve her and help her feel the love of Christ. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'd like to tell you about the steps we are working through to bring Embrace Grace to our churches. When a woman has an unplanned pregnancy, she goes to CareNet Pregnancy Center for help. She will receive a free love box and is invited to an Embrace Grace group. Next, she will attend the Embrace Grace group at a pro-love church. The church ladies throw her an amazing baby shower at the end of the group. Our desire is for her to know the love of Christ and begin a relationship with him. Her baby will be born and generations are changed. The mom is now part of a church family and can be discipled through groups like Embrace Life. Hi, I'm Dawn. If you're interested in joining on this exciting journey, here are some ways that you can get involved. Please pray, pray, pray for Embrace Grace and for the ladies who will be coming through the Bible study. Pray for their hearts to be softened and to hear and respond to receiving a relationship with Christ. This will forever change generations. Moms are empowered to be brave, and brave moms raise brave kids. We could also really use your help with childcare. Some of the women attending the program may have other children and would benefit greatly from knowing that their children are being cared for while they are also receiving the healing and the support that they need. Another great way to get involved is by sponsoring a participant. 
Maybe you or your small group could partner with us financially. Your $28 donation could bless a girl with a study guide, a bracelet, and a tiara. The church will also have several outreach events for the girls attending. We will lavish them with love and host a church-wide baby shower to honor the moms and to celebrate their babies. Each semester ends with an event called Princess Day. Each mom will be given a makeover. Leaders will crown them with the tiaras to remind them as their identity as a daughter of the King Most High. So if you love planning events and organizing baby showers, maybe that might be something you can help us with. We're excited to start this ministry at our church on March 10th. Together, we can ensure that no single mom has to walk alone. Help us to serve others at PCC.